Hello, friends. Hello, friends. Hello, friends. Let's dive into it. In general, no oh one prepares you for postpartum. Me had adopted before. Have a place for moms to speak oh, openly so and empowering. support. Exactly. A year to the month of that phone we call, we really don't before. understand like yeah. how beautiful like um, you really <laughs> are. I'm really confident that this is a topic it's that miscarriage and infant loss awareness. Mirror, mirror on the wall. I am my mother. After all, <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. You are listening to Motherhood Unfiltered, where a community of moms are trying to bring balance to motherhood. We hope you laugh with us, cry with us, and enjoy each episode as we walk through this motherhood journey together. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Motherhood Unfiltered. We have another episode for you answering another question. But before we get into all of that, I wanted to introduce to you my guest. So today we have Melanie joining us. And she I actually never have met Melanie like in person. But when I started the Motherhood Unfiltered page years ago, um, I had reached out and said, hey, we're looking for two collaborators. Let me know if you're interested. And she was one of the people that applied. And we felt that she fit our Motherhood Unfiltered community really well. And then come to find out we have like mutual friends and mutual connections. So I'm really excited to have her on today. I feel like she has a really balanced view of motherhood. And so I'm going to go ahead and have her introduce herself before we get into the question. So Melanie, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, everyone. Well, I'm Melanie. Um, I've been married to my husband for five years. We just celebrated five years <laughs> a few weeks ago. And we have two little boys, Philly and Paul, and they are 14 months apart. So oh. our life is wild. <laughs> um, the Lord just blessed us with a house nice. in August. The whole thing was just we were in shock and it happened so quickly and everything's just been kind of everywhere right now. So we're in the middle of renovating and that whole thing. So it's, <laughs> it's been, life's been a little chaotic lately, <laughs> but we're trying to keep it together. Everyone is healthy and fed. So I think that's a good sign. And for those of you that don't live in California, Melanie, you live in Southern California, correct? Yes. So being blessed with a house in Southern California is like the biggest, like I cheer for my friends. I feel more that like get houses in Southern California because I'm like, I know, I know the struggle. Like I've looked (laughs) at the market, like it is insane. So And that's the thing is we were both like, we got to move out of state. Like this is ridiculous. We can't afford it here. And um, right now in, I'm sure, I think it's like this everywhere, but it's just starting prices in California are just insane period. Right. Mm-hmm. So the way the market's working is you have to submit like at most houses are at least 30 to $40,000 over asking price. And that is cash. Right. So that doesn't even go towards your house. It's just to the buyer so they can pick you. Yeah. And when we first started looking for houses, I, I felt so uncomfortable with that. And so I was just like, we're not going to do that. I don't like that idea. And when we went to look for houses this la- that last time, it was kind of random. And the offer that we put on the house 
that we got, we just gave asking price, no more. And Mm -hmm. that's what we got. And so that is a miracle in itself right now in in California. So yeah. And in these times. Yeah. Yes. So, well, that's amazing. I'm really excited for you. And, um, and yeah, so let's dive into it. So the question that we have today is how do you stop yourself from comparing yourself to other moms? And then in parentheses, it says the pressures to perform the perfect birthday party theme or photo shoot or just overall comparing. Yeah. So, well, I think that, well, I want to start with this. This is way more common than we think. Oh, yeah. I think most moms that catch themselves comparing themselves to someone else is in the same boat as that mom they're comparing themselves to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really think that most moms have dealt with this at some point. And I really think that this starts at such a young age. I, right. I don't think that it starts in motherhood. I think it kind of exposes itself even more. But I mm-hmm. think as young girls, it starts. Like we want to have oh, – yeah clothes and the newest accessories and the cutest Mm -hmm. purse and so on and we want to fit in so if we're unable to keep up with the trends it usually (laughs) develops an insecurity right and if that's not corrected during those adolescent years it just follows us into adulthood and Mm -hmm. now we see it affecting mothers and their children even more so I think because it's social media world and you can see everything, well, the highlights of of everyone's life that you want to see. Right. It's almost abnormal to not post your highlight reel. So I think that's one of the trickiest parts of being a young mom right now. Right. You touched on a really good point. You know, one thing for me, whenever, I know it's the dumbest thing, but sometimes we put way too much thought into social media. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I was creating my Instagram bio, I had thought to redo it around the time that my first son was born. And I put, I, I don't know what led me to put this, but in my Instagram bio, I put a little glimpse into my crazy life because I wanted people to know this is not my everyday this is not my day to day. Like even last night we had a meeting, um, at our house. And of course, like 10 minutes before the meeting starts, my oldest has a complete meltdown. And so people are like walking in and I'm trying to get dinner on the table and Mm -hmm. like, you know, and, and my son is screaming and, in his room and and it's just like and my husband made the joke and he's like yeah this is the stuff that doesn't get posted to social media (laughs) because everyone's always like oh your son is so sweet and he's so cute and it's like yeah he is he's very sweet and cute but like there's days where I just want to rip out my hair and I don't (laughs) post those days you know and so you made such a good point social media is very much a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing Mm -hmm. because there are people who do use it to say, Hey, like this is not, which is what I hope motherhood unfiltered is like, Hey, Mm -hmm. we're moms, but we also have really, really, really crazy lives. And and it's not always like picture perfect. Um, and so, yeah, but I just wanted to touch on that. Um, cause you had said the, the whole social media thing. Yeah. I, I remember hearing someone say that if you watch 
I think the maximum amount of time on stories that you can put is like an hour. So little clips, but it all will equal to an hour. And that's the max you can put per 24 hours. And someone said, you know, this is only an hour of the day that you saw, you know, and it was the Mm -hmm. best parts of the day. Like you didn't see everything else. And so naturally you're not going to, I think out of discretion and decency, you don't put your child having a tantrum on Instagram for their dignity and because you don't have the time, like you're trying to get your child through that moment. So I think that's so important to remember when we are looking at everyone's Instagram because, or Facebook or whatever, even Pinterest, Pinterest even more so. So I think it, it can be a little tricky. And for me, I know that in high school, going back to how this develops in high school, I was such an oddball. Um, <laughs> I think as a Christian and I mean, at 15, 16, you're still developing what that means. Like, right. what does it mean to be a Christian? And I'm sure I couldn't. I look back and I'm like, oh, my gosh, Melanie, you could have done things so differently. But <laughs> with maturity, you learn. Right. And I was in public high school, so it was very hard. And my life revolved around church and being involved in ministry and participating where we could with my family and my school friends their lives were around each other. So they went out together after school and they went to school activities together. But I couldn't do that because I didn't have rides or we had to be at church at night when there was something going on. And so I always felt left out. And that left me wanting to be accepted and have some sort of validation. And I didn't know what it was at the time, but now that I look back and I see, oh, okay, that's where that stuff came from. That's what that was. I just wanted to fit in. I just wanted validation. I just wanted to be part of the the group and the whole thing. Now, fast forward to being a wife and wanting to have a Pinterest-worthy house and you get all these amazing ideas, but then you realize how much they cost to make your house. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And it's going to take some time to get there. Um, And I want to be this like amazing chef and everything. Well, I was reminded yesterday, I was talking to my husband and I was like, do you remember our first Sunday going to church? I wanted to make breakfast before we went. And he was like, just make oatmeal. I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) Well, I never made oatmeal on the stove because I would just make it Uh, for myself. So I would just uh put it in a cup, in the microwave, knew how long I needed to leave it. Well, this time I wanted to try and be fancy and (laughs) put it on the stove. (laughs) Well, I burned the oatmeal. I didn't know uh, we could burn oatmeal. Well, I burned it. And so we ended up having to get food on the way to church. So it was a total fail. But <laughs> that was like my first like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. And Pinterest isn't going to tell me everything about how to be a wife. Right, right. Now, fast forward more and we have our first little boy. And of course, he's immediately the biggest blessing to our family. But little did I know that the whole validation insecurity was going to pop up again. Oh, yeah. And I looked at every mom to see how they were doing it, and I wanted to do it that way, or I thought I was supposed to do it that way because that's what everyone else was doing, and that was the right way. And I think that's where this comparison trap happens for moms, especially oh, yeah. moms. Um, 
And once you have that newborn baby in our arms, it's like this instant feeling of, I can't mess up. What do I do? Like, right. you don't, you can, I, I know we were talking to some of our friends and we we're joking how we took all of these classes beforehand, before we had Philly, our firstborn, the like pregnancy classes and breastfeeding and CPR was CPR was probably the most helpful out of everything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But once you have this baby, those classes don't, you don't remember anything Mm-mm. from that because now you're in reality. And once I had my Philly, my firstborn, it was, I had this dream of being able to nurse. And that was what you're supposed to do because it's so healthy for them and it's so good for them. And I could not do it. I couldn't. And I wanted to get it down. I wanted to know how to do it. Well, it's from what I understand, it's a process. And I just never made it through that process. And because of it, I had such a big insecurity. And I felt like, why does everyone else do it? Like all of my family can do it. I can't. Mm -hmm. Something's wrong with me. My baby's not going to be as healthy. And so there was that big insecurity there. And the conversation around nursing when I was, when my son was born was, oh my goodness, it's amazing. Like when you could nurse your baby. And if you couldn't and you were giving him, I was giving him formula. It's like, it's okay as long as you feed him as long. But there was like this undertone. And I don't know if it's, I don't know if people intend to do that. I really don't think they do, but your hormones are raging and you don't, you finally have this little baby that you're responsible for feeding and keeping healthy and strong. And I could not do it. And so I felt so guilty because of it. And I was, that was, I think the first time that I caught myself in a deep hole of comparison because my sister-in-laws, my family, my cousins, my aunts, my mom, my mom, like everyone else, yeah. everyone else could except for me. And so I would feel guilty, but at the same time, I had to really rely on the Lord because I knew, okay, this is, this is my child. And God knew that I would not be able to nurse my baby. So he gave me this and I need a solution. I need, I need to figure this out. And so I think for moms that are dealing with the comparison problems and the guilt that comparison sometimes can bring, the solution that I have found over and over and over and over is Christ. Yeah. Christ is always the answer. And our children need us to be so secure in him for their development. Exactly. Yeah. Because if we're carrying stuff, if we mother our children out of guilt or out of, I'm not as good as that mom or man, I bet you my kids would be better off if I was like that. And they're never going to get the mom that God created us to be for them. Yeah. And a scripture that really stuck out to me, um, it's Proverbs 31, 28. It says, her children rise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. And the context of this is saying she's honored by those who best know her. Yeah. 
So I think in the world of social media, it once again, it can have really great benefits, um, but comparison is a whole lot more accessible than it was 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. Or my mother-in-law, my mom, they didn't have that stuff, you know? So right. when we compare ourselves as moms, we're assuming that our children want us to be like so-and-so's mom and that our husband expects us to be like so-and-so. And the reality is, is that they're not even paying attention to the other moms. Right, right. They're watching us. And when we compare ourselves to the way that someone else is doing things, it just kind of gets us into a downward spiral. Mm-hmm. And it's the further we go down, the harder it is to get ourselves out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it gets really tricky there. Yeah. I feel like you're saying like so many, so many good things. And I'm going to interject really quick before we yeah. keep moving forward because there are so many times I feel like one thing I've always wanted to create with motherhood unfiltered is community because I think it's so important for our sanity when you hear someone else say something that you feel and it's like, okay, like I'm not going crazy. And so it's so nice to hear like the other moms are battling and dealing with the same thing. And one thing that you pointed out was the whole oatmeal story. I feel like when you have a husband, you can Pinterest your way through marriage, right? I'm going to make these perfect meals and like, (laughs) hopefully he'll like them unless I ruin them, which we've all had those. Like I'll never forget one time I made this. I'm like on this lifelong goal to make the perfect mac and cheese. Don't ask. (laughs) I don't know why. It's just is a thing. It's been on pause for a while, but I want to make my own homemade mac and cheese. And one time it was like in a crock pot. Well, I had to stay at work late. So then it stayed in the crock pot too long and it curded literally like, and yeah. And so then I like, okay, well maybe it's still good. So I take a bite and I'm like, no. And we're like broke. (laughs) We have like no money. And he's like, we were first married. He's like, let's just go through McDonald's on the way to church. It's fine, you know? But I just, I feel like you can Pinterest your way through the marriage in the sense of you can you are both adults. And so you know how to communicate your feelings. And so it's like, okay, so this is this, and this is this. Okay. We'll work on this. We'll work on that. We'll work on this. And then you have a child Mm -hmm. and there is no amount of self-help book and no amount of podcasts and no amount of anything to prepare you for that human being. And the biggest reason for me is like, I don't know what they want. Like every mom is different. Mm -hmm. Every mom has their thing, but I actually have a really hard time in the newborn stage and so much more prefer toddler stage only because they're able to communicate with me. And so I feel more safe as a mom, you know, Oh, if my kid's sick, he can tell me, you know, like my, Mm -hmm. my son, he'll say, Oh mom, my stomach, my tummy hurts. It's like, Oh, okay. I know something's wrong with him now. Where like, if they're just screaming their head off, and you don't know, okay, let me try to change their diaper. Okay, they're still screaming. Are they hungry? Oh, they won't eat. Mm-hmm. Or are they this? There, There's nothing. And every kid is so different. And so right. I've always been that type where I will listen to other moms, right? Like, so if mm-hmm. mom says, oh, we'll try this, try this, I will do it. But even sometimes with that, I go through five or six suggestions mm-hmm. before I even get to like 
that moment. And so then you see all these moms with their babies sleeping perfectly or like, oh, my baby slept through the night or oh, this or oh, this. And it's like, you don't ever think I just have a different baby than them. We automatically put it back on ourselves. Like I'm something wrong. Yes. Like what am I not doing right to help this baby? And so we instantly, like you said, like at that moment, that's when the thoughts start creeping in of us being down on ourselves as moms. And I remember Mm -hmm. with, with my first son, I dealt through, I dealt with horrible postpartum anxiety. And I remember one night I had like held it in and he was like two weeks old. And I remember one night I just had to unload it on my husband, all of my feelings, no matter how scary they were, no matter how. And I remember at the end saying like, I'm such a horrible mom. I always wanted to be a mom and I'm such a horrible mom. And he stopped me and he's like, but did you ever stop to think that the fact that you're so worried about your child makes you a great mom? Right. And I'm like, no, I've never, you know, and then same Mm -hmm. thing with you with the whole breastfeeding thing. I was able to breastfeed my firstborn. It was so nice. Once, like you said, once you get the hang of it, it's Mm -hmm. nice. It's easy. It's a flow. Um, But then, and I talk about it in the intro episode to the season with my second, I had um, like a spinal leak from my epidural. And so my recovery was horrible. I couldn't sit up without debilitating headaches. I was trying to breastfeed. He was a fabulous latcher, but would not latch if I was laying down. So then I'd have to sit up, which would cause like headaches that I've never felt in my entire life before. Then I would try to like pump until I could get over the headache. And then I would just leak all over myself because I wasn't like sitting up enough. And finally, my husband and I had to have this conversation of like, we, I just, I can't breastfeed and that's okay because of, (laughs) you know, because of the recovery, I can't breastfeed. And what's crazy is as I was thinking that, you know, you deal with all the, well, am I not going to be with this kid like I was that kid because I didn't breastfeed and you deal with all of those like internal but the one thing that kept coming back and would bring me to tears is what is everyone else gonna think of me and like you said you'll go I didn't know because I breastfed I didn't know how much do you feed how often do you feed what is the amount like what kind of bottles do I use I didn't know any of that and you go to look it up online and there's this huge paragraph of when you're breastfeeding and these are the tips and these are the tricks. And then you get to bottle fed and it's like for every ounce or for every pound, feed them a few ounces. Well, I give birth to giant children. So <laughs> like my son was nine pounds, eight ounces when he was oh born. Like, like he's already born like a one month old. So <laughs> do I follow this online advice or do I not like it's just like they're so and that's really what I want to hit on with these moms there are so many variables when it comes to having kids yes and you're never gonna have it all together but it's okay as long as you're constantly trying that's literally all your kids want from you they just want you to try you know yeah they want you to try they want you to be there they want you to be happy they want you to enjoy their company. They want to enjoy your company. And I think when we start putting all of these pressures of what everyone else is doing on ourselves, 
Right. Kids do not get the mom that they need. They oh, don't. yeah. And I've seen that in myself. Like when I get insecure or, or I – for going back to um, breastfeeding, I thought – because there was always this thing of like, man, the bond is just amazing when right. you breastfeed your baby. And I was like, am I not going to be that close to my baby? Because yeah. I can't. You know, is yeah. he going to know me the same way that other babies know their mom? Like, you know, that mm-hmm. whole thing. And I had to rest in the fact that the Lord knew this was going yep. to happen. The yes. Lord knew that I was going to have my baby, not their that baby. Right there. Yep. And that I was not going to be able to nurse. I was going to bottle feed. And he knew all of these things. And that would give me so much peace. Yes. Because just knowing the fact that, okay, God created my son to eat this way. He created my body this way. And now we got to work with it. And we can do it. We can do it. And understanding that our home is our home. It's not everyone else's. And their home is not my home. And how we do things here only matters to us. That's it. You know, like, and how they do things there, it matters to them. I remember growing up, I used to tell my mom, but their mom lets them do this. And (laughs) she would say, I don't care. I'm not their mom. I'm mom. Yeah. And that's something that always stuck with me. Like, this is my mom. This is my home. And that brings so much security to our kids. You know, yeah. like, and sometimes as moms, we can discount our role a lot for them. And I jokingly say, like, oh, my boys only need me when they want food or comfort. Because sometimes <laughs> with boys, that's just kind of how it is. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, like, when Billy wants to go to sleep and he wants to get com- uh, comfortable at night, he only will cuddle with me. He doesn't yeah. cuddle. And for those that know Philly, he's not a cuddler. He's not affectionate. Um, sometimes he doesn't even want to say hi. So we're still working on that one. But those little things are what show your kids, this is home. This is yeah. home. This is where safety is for me. And so I think that's such just so important to remember is I'm my child's mother, no one else. And the Lord gave me this baby and yeah. I'm responsible for this one, not theirs. Um, Cause I think the opposite can happen too. Like the opposite of insecurity could be pride where you say, Oh yeah. Oh, I, you, you compare in that way now. So you're saying, Oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't do it that way. That's just not how you do it. And so, yeah, most of the time you don't even really know what's going on. Yeah. And so it's, that's another, that's a whole other thing. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's important to remember our role for our children matters to them. Yeah. And no one else. Yeah. And I think too, you know, going back to how do we stop it? I remember just one time praying because like you said, everything for me, God is my best friend. And so every fear, every worry is always brought to him. And sometimes he speaks back to me. And sometimes it's just a peace that comes over me. But I remember one time he told me as much grace as you expect others to give to you, 
you need to start giving to yourself. And I remember that just hit so hard because you, mm-hmm. you have to give yourself grace because you're, no, you're not perfect. You're never like, you're never going to get this down. Let's be real. I feel like with especially my firstborn, like, I'm like, we are good. He's learning his manners. Like we are okay. He just potty trained. We had a newborn and he loves the newborn and life is good. And then he goes to school. And then he starts picking up habits that other kids at school do. So now we have a whole new challenge. You know, it's like you're mm-hmm. never going to be maybe when your kids are adults. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It, I've, I've seen adult moms <laughs> go with their adult children. Oh, so yeah. You never time. stop being a mom. Yeah. And so it's like, I think if we stop looking at it like one day I can perfect this because mm-hmm. we'll never perfect anything. And we start exactly. looking at it like all I can do is take it one day at a time and I have to be the best that I can be for my kids. But honestly, kind of like you said, the the question of how do you stop it, it's mm-hmm. really hard to give any other answer because when you're walking with Christ, he helps you with everything. And so it's like yeah. that's the only answer I feel like we can give, you know, other than mm-hmm. he just putting it in his hands and praying about it. And God gave us the children that he knew we could handle. And he gave us the mentality to handle it. And he's giving us the wisdom to raise them. I think another way to stop comparing ourselves is just to realize that we, like, it's okay if our kids learn differently than others or if we learn differently from other moms or if we parent differently it is it is okay like we're just all trying to raise hopefully nice loving christ-like human beings and you know i think that um one of the biggest problems with comparison as young moms or around moms that are in our exact same season is that we're all struggling with the same stuff Mm mm-hmm Um, and yes, we may have tips for each other that could be helpful, but, um, Titus two, three, five says older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanders or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good. And so train the young women to love their husbands and children. And it says to be kind, self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, submissive to their own husbands that the word of God may not be reviled. And the biggest blessing that I have found that has helped me so much with staying away as much as possible from comparing myself to other moms in my season is asking moms that are ahead of me. Yeah. Um, My mother-in-law is such a great example. Like they have four kids, someone else always live with them. And they've raised all of their children to love the Lord fully and they all serve in some sort of leadership capacity within their own churches. And to me, that's what I want. I want my kids to grow up serving the Lord. Church is not an option. You do not have an option of whether you want to be involved in church or not. That's our life. You're Mm -hmm. going to serve. And that's a standard we have in our home. So I'm going to quickly go to my mother-in-law and say, okay, how did you do this? Because right now getting a two-year-old and a one-year-old to say calm inside church for an hour is a yeah. mission. Yes. And 
asking her, okay, what did you do? Like, how did you do it then? And they didn't have iPads and phones and Kindles, right. and, you know? So there's a way to do it. Um, we just have to be willing to make ourselves vulnerable in that sense. And I've gone to her and I've gone to other, like my friends that have older kids. So they're like two seasons ahead of me. And they never look at me like, you don't know. What do you mean? You don't know how to, like, they're always yeah. more than willing to say, okay, with this child, this did not work. With this one, this worked. And this is how I made it work with all of them. And I, for me, coming on this podcast was like a dream come true because I love podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> and as like those that know me best, almost all of my stories start with, I was listening to a podcast. <laughs> yeah. So for me podcasts are such a blessing like listening to podcasts that are of women that are god fearing and I know there's a lot of material out there but we have to use discernment I'm this I'm kind of going off a little bit here but we have to use discernment and know what the bible says about our roles as moms our roles as parents how Mm -hmm. we should our children and find resources that agree with what the Bible says. Yeah. Um, I listen to podcasts. I listen to audiobooks. I ask older moms and I have found those to be the biggest blessings. Yeah. Um, when it comes to asking peers, that's more to make me feel like I'm not alone. Right. It. But it's not always, um, okay, how did you do this? Because we're all in the thick of it. Right, right. You know? And I think that's why the Bible says to the older women are to train the younger women because they've already been there, done that. Right. You know, they've already dealt with the, the, the toddler tantrums. They've already dealt with the rebellious teenager. They've already dealt with all of these things. Right. And it's, they're there for us and they want to help us. We just right. have to be willing to ask. Right. And and be willing to expose our own sin and our own children's sin and yeah. say, okay, this is what I'm struggling with. Like, or talking to an older mom and saying, I'm really insecure with how I'm doing this right. because other people are saying this and I don't know what to do. And that is the benefit of having strong women of God around us um, right. and influences because it's going to benefit us and we're going to be blessed from how they did it and how they raised their kids. And it's okay to not do what culture is saying. It's actually right now, it's better to not do what culture is saying. Right. Um, Right. Especially when it comes to parenting our children and there, there are gifts and we have to hold them close and we are going to take account for them. We are. And how amazing would it be to get to heaven and know I did my job and my children are all here with me. Yeah. And I I think that's just such a blessing and it's it's gonna take some serious work. Some serious yeah. work. <laughs> yeah. But um I there's this book that I'm listening to right now and the author said um, the first five years of parenting are the most exhausting five years because mm-hmm. it well, of each child because they're so involved. And right. that is where 
all of their development is happening. Mm-hmm. And, but once you make it past that, you, when you stick to your guns, you're going to have a 10 year old that is cake and right. a 12 year old that is cake. And now you have a whole family that is enjoying each other's company. Right Now, of course, you're never going to have a perfect family and your kids are still going to need some training as they're older. We all do. Um, right. But I, I think it's important to keep our minds on the future. I know we say sometimes like this baby didn't come with a handbook. And in some senses, no, they don't. But there is the Bible that we can always go to. And there right. will always be something for us. Yeah. So I want to end with this. When you're dealing with if I do this or if I parent this way, am I going to ruin my kid for forever? Because that does happen. That thought does creep in. Literally every day I pray for wisdom to raise my children. Every day I'm asking God to guide me and to lead me on how to raise up my children. And if you're just consistently praying that, God's not going to lead you astray. He's going to honor your prayers. And so... We have God, so we can't be in fear of, I'm going to ruin my child, or I'm going to ruin this, or I'm going to ruin that. So like, we just really need to keep everything that we do in prayer, and God will seriously lead us down the right path. But anyway, well, I'm so grateful you joined me today, and I'm so... Thank you so much for having me. Of course. I'm glad we can make a dream of yours come true. (laughs) But anyway, um, thank you so much. And we will, you will hear us on the next episode. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in with us. If you haven't already, we want to welcome you to connect with us on Instagram at underscore motherhood unfiltered. We really hope you enjoyed today's episode and would love for you to leave us a review and tell us what you think. Again, thank you for joining us.